Mysteries Inc. Myth Stories Inc. <laughs> talk about histories, mysteries, conspiracies, and creatures, or yeah. just whatever's weird. <laughs> weird shit for everywhere. I'm Spring. I'm Joe. And we're going to be uh, presenting two stories as usual. Uh, and the other one has no idea, and so it'll be fun for everyone. Exactly. And we're going to start out with some rock, paper, scissors. So. Rock, paper, and scissors, shoot. shoot. I remember right. this yes, time. Okay. Shoot. All right. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Oh, oh, I fuck, win again! Why did I do paper? Again? I'm on a. <laughs> I normally do rock. <laughs> All right, so spring wins again. <sighs> My story today is called The Great Hoax. And it is actually a true, 100% true story that you can actually even visit in you know, right in America to this day. All right. So my story starts with a quote from the Bible, as most American (laughs) stories do. Genesis 6, 4. There were giants in the earth in in those days. George Hall was a cigar maker from New York, and he was also an atheist. And he had gotten into an argument with a man about that quote. When he kind of decided that he fudged He's going to make it get rich quick. So he decided that he um he was always looking to make an easy buck and he made a fortune off of one scam that came to be known as well, the What was the argument? The argument was that quote in the Bible about there being giants on earth. Oh, whether where or there not was really there was giants. giants. Yeah. Okay. So he decided to do what has become known as America's greatest hoax or as it's affectionately currently referred to as the Cardiff giant. All right. So, George went to Fort Dodge, Iowa in 1868, and there he ordered a five-ton block of gypsum. Okay. He had the block sent to a stonecutter called Edward Burghardt, located in Chicago. The task was to turn that block into a piece of patriotic statuary. Direct quote right there. Patriotic statuary. Yeah, statuary. A giant man, the which thing. was 10 feet tall and weighed about 3,000 pounds. Damn. The stonecutters were sworn to secrecy and were given directions to ship it to Cardiff, a town just south of Syracuse, New York. Okay. While that was going on, George employed his brother-in-law, Stubb Newell, I know, trusty guy right there, to help him dig a pit in a marshy area on some land. Okay. When the statue arrived, the crate was opened and the giant was put in the pit Buried and they planted clovers over the top. Okay. The next year, on October 16, 1869, two workmen were hired to dig a well on the property uh, and were directed okay. to go to a patch of clover and start digging. Lo and behold, they found some gigantic stone feet in the ground. <laughs> well, I know, and things, words spread like fire about the petrified man under the ground. And so then George and his brother-in-law decided to set up a tent around it and charge 50 cents to come and look at it. Just the feet sticking out? No, they unburied the whole darn statue, okay? 
And I actually have a picture of it because uh, you can actually go to a museum this to this day to go see the statue. And it's just a gigantic gypsum How statue. How was going to... They're going to know it's rock. Well, all right. So what happened then was that... Um, and it has, like, features that don't look dead. No, here's here's the best part. Millions of people came to see it, and George was making a fortune. Incredibly, scientific experts did come and examine it, only to walk away convinced it was real. Huh. So one man, Dr. John F. Boynton... What year was this again? 1869. Okay. okay. So Boynton suggested that it was created by Jesuit priests during the 17th century to impress local native tribes. A state geologist showed up and claimed that it was an ancient statue. It was only after a third group came to inspect the statue that things began to unravel. They claimed that the statue was of recent origin. Reporters then started to dig around because this was a huge attraction. Only to find out that some farmers around the area recall seeing about a year ago a large crate delivered to the property. <clears throat> On uh, a paleontologist from Yale named Nathaniel C. March pointed out that the tool marks looked too fresh and it couldn't have been of ancient origin. At some point, George was forced to admit that he had set the whole thing up, which made the statue more popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People still wanted to come and see the statue and it was causing an uproar. P.T. Barnum decided to get involved. P.T. Barnum, the famous right. circus... Uh, circus ringleader um he decided to take the statue on a national tour damn he offered to buy it now i've read two different reports on the prices but he offered to buy it for between sixty thousand and a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to which he could not and then he decided to make his own out of wood and take that with him in 1947, the statue was sold to the Farmer's Museum in Cooperstown, New York, where it's still on exhibit today. Damn, that's fun. Yeah, so, like, here was a guy who, like, tried to scam a bunch of people, and he successfully did. Early American grifter. I know, and then, like, after he was found out, it still was nothing. It was like, really? It was a hoax? Good one, man! Let's go see it! We're gonna pay more! <laughs> that's hilarious. So, I just, I couldn't, the Cardiff Giant. So, if you guys ever find yourself in New York, around Cooperstown. So, I misunderstood a little bit first. Did some people actually think it was a living giant no no okay. they just thought it was either like a statue that just was built statue. a long time ago or i mean they kind of thought mean, petrified they thought petrified person for a while okay. so i mean i either way it's still just kind of like what the flip and to get more popular off of it so <laughs> we were born in the wrong time oh man right <laughs> all right so for my tale today we're gonna start in Hawaii at Coco Crater on the island of Oahu. Ooh. Coco Crater is also known as Kohole Pelepe, which means labia minor in the Hawaiian language. <laughs> <laughs> Not labia minor, labia, right? <laughs> what? Did I say it wrong? No, I'm looking at what you wrote. Labia is on there, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, labia. all right. I was, no, I just, as a woman, I know what a labia is. Oh, and that's like, why I'm did, laughing did I really say hard. It okay, yeah. In the Hawaiian language, kohelepelepe means uh, labia <laughs> minor. It sounds like you're licking it. <laughs> it's a fun word to say. Yeah. Um, 
get my ukulele out and sing. Lebia. I apologize to anyone who might find this uh, <laughs> offensive. I respect it all. This is just a fun. I mean, I, even Hawaiians apparently. This is a fun, fun um, myth, myth and such, legend. So it got its name from this ancient legend where a Hawaiian goddess left the imprint of her flying vagina. <laughs> so that's naturally, where the labia comes naturally. into it. Yes, flying <laughs> vagina. Today we talk about <laughs> Capo. And I hope I'm saying it. Yeah, it wasn't Capo, it was Capo. Yes. Alright, she's the Hawaiian goddess of fertility and sorcery. <laughs> just <laughs> just sorcery. losing it. Can I not say flying it's vagina? flying flaps. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, it's like a woman being like, excuse me, it is not weird looking, it is sacred, okay? <laughs> it is, and she like can detach it, and it flies. Marvel missed an opportunity on this, I'm telling you right now. They still can do it. A Hawaiian, can Hawaiian, a Hawaiian superhero <laughs> heroine with a flying vagina. And it's super like and it's she boomerangs super it. powerful. Kind of that's one way it was described as like a boomerang because it comes back, bounces it off something, and it comes back. So I, I'll gain my composure. Okay. Um, so anyways, she's the the Hawaiian goddess of fertility and sorcery. She's a sister of Pele, who's like one of the biggest goddesses. She's the the goddess of fire and volcanoes and lightning and shit. Okay. She's said to like have birthed a bunch of the, the volcanoes. And she's said to live in the active volcano, or volcano Mount Kilauea. So okay. Pretty badass. And uh, uh, Capo is is kind of both good and bad. She's she obviously like in this story she's kind of the hero. Okay. And her vagina. And, um, <laughs> but like uh, Kahuna's are like the powerful like dudes, the big honchos. They would uh, curse people with her name. Like set they're gonna. <laughs> You know, set capo on me. And, and uh, like in like Hawaiian culture, if like someone has a dream of a, a vaginaless woman, it's said to be like her influence. Somehow she's like gonna try something sneaky on you. I think. And so I have never had that dream. I'm not Hawaiian though. Well, so. you could dream about a Barbie. She's a vaginaless woman. True. Dolls? I guess. Yeah, that's kind of what you would picture. Although, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. She's got a pretty powerful vagina. It can, <laughs> can fly at great speeds. Um, so there's this demigod. Mach V. Right? I mean, hard enough to make an imprint on a mountain. It's not that the V doesn't stand for five. It stands for vagina. <laughs> so there's this demigod named uh, Kamapua. And he's he was actually born like a pretty... Like, notably handsome dude but he had developed uh like he could he could sh shape shift into a boar and a dog but then i guess at some point he like got stuck with some of the boar features or something okay. but he was ashamed of these features and he was really self-conscious about them and he tried to hide like this like furry mane thing you know like how boars have that yeah under a cape and stuff and he was really obsessed with, with pele that uh fire the goddess yeah yeah and she just didn't really want anything to do with him. Other things I saw said they had a relationship at one point, but maybe that was before he was all bory. I don't know. He was also, okay, okay. He's a mischief god, too. Okay. He's a demigod, what have you. So, Those are so hard to tie down I'm into sure a monogamous I'm sure it wasn't great. But anyways, <laughs> she didn't want anything to do with him, and he just, like, 
lusted after her. In some tellings of this story, it's like he's the first like pig-headed man, like dickhead. So, um, <laughs> like so, but he lusted colors. after, her, and she wanted nothing to do with him. And he one day decides to just try to rape her. So he's chasing her around. And she's running and running. She can't get away from him. And she calls her sister for help. Just yells out to her sister. And she's not nowhere near. She's on a different island. And she hears it somehow. And then just goes down, pulls out her vagina, and throws it so hard that it just flies, flies over to help her sister. Um, and so it flew right past Ka- Kamapoa's face. And it was said to be so enticing. In one one of those stories, it's called a juicy. <laughs> but and this pig couldn't resist, and so he stops chasing Pele, and he starts chasing this vagina, and he's just chasing this vagina like island to island. He's running after it, and it it was no he was no match for it. It just zoomed off even faster and smacked right into to the mountain on Oahu and ricocheted back to to. Capo. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, Kamapua catches up to this, and he thinks he's, or catches up to where <laughs> the island was, and he thinks, yes, I've caught her. And he increases speed himself, and he runs so hard into the side of the mountain that he knocks himself out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, pretty much it. He, he knocks himself out and was taught his lesson, and he, you know. Don't be running after vagina. Stop trying to rape it, this but volcano goddess. I am goddess. so related to that, where it's like, if I could just take it off, like, fine, I don't have time today. Like, if you just, just like, want it, just take it. There's like a Wanda Sykes stand-up that was that, basically. She's like, oh yeah, wouldn't it be great to go jogging at night, you know? <laughs> just it's like, I could just, it's, it's, the guy comes up, sorry, motherfucker, I left it at home. <laughs> But I love the fact, okay, a long time ago, I did have a dream that was along the same lines of that, except for it was dealing with my breasts and not my vagina, whereas I was a superhero, and, like, there was somebody that was in trouble, and I'm like, hold up, and then my one of my breasts would grow, and I would, like, <laughs> smack the so Like that, I think that, that chick that smacks the bug with yeah, a Oh, my God. Mind. Well, yes, but it looked cooler in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, this is a comic book opportunity to have this one superhero and then just have some other, like, shapeshifter who has her, like, gigantic boob smashy things. And this could be, this could be amazing. I, Joe, thank you. That was an amazing story. (laughs) I am going to take that with me. Always remember, you're going to get get that tattooed. Oh, my God! (laughs) No! If you guys get it tattooed, please tag us in it. That would be amazing. Yes. We would love that. And who knows? Like, it kind of makes me want to explore more uh, Hawaiian mythology. Because if they're going to be that, if they're into that, the matriarchy, I mean, that's kind of exciting, you know, listening to... There seemed to be a good mix. There was definitely, like, powerful men and stuff, but it was also like, yo, don't rape, or you're going to get smacked into a mountain. (laughs) We're going to send a flying (laughs) vulva at you, labia. <laughs> I just like that there is a crater on a mountain that is literally labia minor. minor. <laughs> ah, that would be so weird. Okay, so yeah. Or if you visit anyone who happens to visit that place, tag us in that as well. Alright, so <laughs> that's all for today, guys. Thank you yeah, for listening. Have a wonderful day. Till next time. Bye. Bye. For any questions or comments, you can find us at mysteriesinc 
on Instagram. Thank you.